My name is John Cullen, and I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and curling. It's the story of Broomgate, how a single broom, yes, a broom, turned friends into foes and almost killed the 500-year-old sport of curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. Broomgate, available now. There's a phrase that is making the rounds that does a good job of explaining how we got to where we are right now with this pandemic in Canada. It goes like this. This virus is not tired of you just because you are tired of it. It's a simple way to remind people that we face almost exactly the same urgent need for caution as we did back in March. We've just been living with that feeling for so long, we've lost the urgency. But COVID hasn't, so here we are. We've reported extensively the rise in cases here in Ontario, Canada's largest province by population. The rise has been sharp and scary. And yet, earlier this week, there were more new cases in Alberta in a single day than there were in Ontario. Not new cases per capita, new cases, period. So what happened in the province that had for six months been one of Canada's huge success stories and now looks close to disaster? Who or what is to blame for the rapid rise in Alberta? Is it really that the people got tired of the virus and stopped following the rules? Or did government get tired of enforcing them or even of finding new ways to try and slow the spread. Where did Alberta go wrong and how dire could this situation get? I'm Jordan Heath-Rawlings. This is The Big Story. Courtney Terrio is a reporter with City News in Edmonton. He's been covering this pandemic for eight months now, just like all of us. Hi, Courtney. Good morning, Jordan. Can you start by giving uh, a sense to the rest of the country, um, just how is Alberta doing in the fight against COVID right now? Well, it's been an interesting four to five weeks of late. If uh, we flash back to early October, uh, Premier Jason Kenney rightfully uh, had been boasting still about Alberta's COVID response to date, some of the, the lower numbers, and certainly in a per capita basis compared to the likes of Ontario, BC, and Quebec, uh, we were worth boasting about. But uh, over the past several weeks, uh, that curve has unflattened in a pretty significant way. Uh, to put things into comparison, uh, in September, we had about 4,000 COVID cases. In October, that jumped to just over 10,000. And uh, as of yesterday here in Alberta, our monthly total for November had exceeded 20,000 cases. That kind of sounds like the definition of uh, exponential growth. No, exactly. And we're even seeing it uh, week over week now, uh, talking about this notion of uh, doubling the rate. Uh, if you go back uh, two weeks ago, we had uh, days where we were yeah, 600, 700 cases. And flash forward to this week, uh, we even beat Ontario in total numbers. Uh, I believe it was on Monday, uh, 1,589 cases, which trumped anything that they had. And that's, again, that's not on a per capita basis. That's just on raw data. 
Wow. Um, how is uh, the most important part of this, the, the hospital system doing? Uh, are there ICU beds available? Uh, are there spots? Is it coping? Uh, yeah, that obviously is the, the, the key measure that uh, the government is watching out for. And uh, certainly that was the feather in the cap throughout much of the summer into early fall, is that we were nowhere near uh, touching the capacity, both in terms of hospital beds and more importantly, the ICU beds. But that switch has been flipped. Um, we're looking at, uh, on a regular basis here, uh, typically 20 to 30 new hospitalizations on a daily basis. Uh, yesterday, we were up to uh, just under 350 people in hospital, which again, using the per capita uh, perspective, I believe Ontario is just over 500. Uh, given the populations, that puts uh, Alberta certainly in a more dire position. And then on the ICU front, uh, we're uh, just over 90% of our ICU beds uh, that have been put aside for COVID are now occupied. Uh, again, our number is relatively small on that front, uh, just 70 beds across the province, but the province says that uh, they, they can make adjustments as need be. And as our chief medical health officer said, that is going to happen in the next couple of weeks because we haven't seen the hospitalizations uh, that are coming from these 1,500 daily cases just yet. When and how did the second wave start out there? I mean, it's interesting that you mention uh, the beginning of October, because I think uh, here in Ontario, we sort of saw a slow but steady rise all through September and into October, and it just sort of kept going up. And, and what you're describing is kind of a, a little bit more uh, rapid onset growth. Yeah, it certainly started off as a slow increase uh, as we went back to school. There was certainly a lot of trepidation about that, obviously not just in Alberta, but across Canada. Mm -hmm. And I, I think initially we were, we were kind of relieved to see that uh, there, there was only small percentage increase on, on a regular basis. But then, yeah, uh, this is uh, a case where as soon as the Celsius started to dip is when I think we started to notice things escalating at an exponential rate. And uh, I was talking with uh, an epidemiologist yesterday to get his take on this. And his theory, his, his primary theory was that because we had gotten so used to our outdoor activities, uh, that uh, the habits of masking and, and social distancing and you know cleaning our, our hands, those things kind of fell by the wayside as we crept back indoors and continued to, to to entertain social gatherings in the way that we had outside, but indoors. And of course, as we know, that is a potentially deadly recipe. And so largely it does seem to be as a result of that. Um, and then certainly the gremlins in our contact tracing system haven't helped at all because that's slowed our ability to contact people, to let them know. What do you mean by gremlins? Well, so basically our, our contact tracing system, uh, which is, um, of, of course, uh, there's only two provinces in Canada that have not adopted the federal app, which are Alberta and BC. And Alberta uh, maintaining um, that stance because, you know, they invested a lot of money in their contact tracing system and they felt that their particular setup was better. But there were issues initially with how it ran. So if you had it on your iPhone in particular, um, it, it was a battery drain. It had to run at all times. And so that caused a lot of people to initially discard it. When they were able to, to remedy that situation a few weeks back, 
there was a slow uptake because obviously the, the app had a bit of a reputation at that juncture. And now, due to the fact that we're having significant issues in terms of not necessarily the app, but the, the contact tracing system itself, um, it's overwhelmed. It's been overwhelmed. Now that it's back online, now that the gremlins have seemingly been fixed out or fixed on the technical side, it's become a case where we have so many cases, too many cases, not enough bodies in the office to, to handle the contact tracing. Uh, we're hearing issues of people, you know, not being upfront about their status in terms of COVID. So a lot of little issues have, have crept into our contact tracing system. And that's why we're at the point where, I mean, depending on how you look at the numbers, we're looking at 70 to 80% of our cases here in Alberta with an unknown origin. Do we have any data on where those cases come from? I know uh, there's a lot of questions around schools, but also, you know, restaurants, shopping, uh, house parties. I know here in Ontario is one our premier is, is really upset about. What do we know about where it's being spread? Well, and that's the problem here is that uh, the government frequently touts that the, the, the largest spreader is social gatherings. So whether it's house parties, whether it's weddings, you know, even funerals to that extent, uh, those are the instances that, that seem to trigger uh, our, our outbreaks more frequently than not. But the problem with that, of course, as I mentioned, is that we're looking at so many of our new cases basically having a large question mark right. overhead. And so for us to, for the government to come out yesterday and say that, you know, we know that these are social gatherings. We know that, you know, these are not from restaurants, that these are, you know, not necessarily as a result of uh, churches. That might have been true two months ago, but now they're making these assertions with a bit of guesswork. And I think during a pandemic, that becomes a pretty tricky play. In 2007, TV network CBS dropped 40 kids in the middle of the New Mexico desert as part of a brand new reality show. These kids would have to build their own society from scratch. And if this sounds like Lord of the Flies to you, well, it was meant to. We were on this mission together. We were going to prove to the world that we could make a better society than adults could. I'm Josh Gwynn, and I want to know what this wild TV experiment was really about. Split screen Kid Nation, a six-part podcast from CBC. Available now. So how has uh, the government then responded uh, to the sharp rise in cases? And I'm not asking you to give your political opinion on how well or poorly they've handled it, but just, you know, what have they done and, and when at each step of this? Well, well, thank you for that get-out-of-jail-free card. I appreciate that. <laughs> Just uh, helping you out. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, it's uh, Alberta, as you can imagine, is uh, a pretty conservative country. And to an extent, there, there, there's certainly been uh, a, a partisan response to how the government has approached this. Um, you know, 37% of uh, Albertans, I think, in a recent poll said that uh, they support what the province has done. So certainly there is some anger, some animosity at the speed at which the province has moved over the last several weeks. Again, if you flash back to, you know, September, I, I think, you know, there was some reluctance to endorse what we're seeing here in Alberta. But again, I think that was largely along partisan lines. But in the last several weeks, as the cases have mounted, as, you know, the death toll has gotten to the point where, you know, some weeks it seems like we're losing 10 people a day. Uh, the frustration that the government was seemingly sitting idle on its hands uh, got to the point where you know, Jason Kenney 
uh, had to call an emergency meeting uh, on, on earlier this week, uh, an eight-hour meeting with uh, the key members of his cabinet to basically bring down the hammer. And we saw what the result of that was yesterday. And the reaction to that has largely been a case of either A, too little, too late. Uh, we certainly heard that from the opposition NDP members. Uh, then you have those on the, the, the conservative side of the partisan coin saying that, you know, this is, this is draconian, this is another lockdown, uh, which it is worth noting the premier went out of his way yesterday to say that this was not a lockdown. So tell me about the hammer then. What is the hammer? Like what, what are we talking about open and closed? So uh, the big one, I think, on this is the gathering limits. Uh, essentially, as of yesterday, all indoor gatherings, period, are banned. Uh, outdoor gatherings can still continue, but those come with a limit of 10. Now, prior to this, uh, the gathering limit had been set at 15, but you had to adhere to the usual public health protocol. So this is a, a sharp, sharp left turn from what the province has been trying to advocate for, which is personal responsibility. Obviously, the caseload uh, that we've seen of late demonstrating that uh, unfortunately too many Albertans had eschewed that personal responsibility. So that was the big one. Um, there was a clamping down in terms of the number of people who will be allowed inside uh, businesses. That's uh, 25% capacity. Uh, faith groups can now only gather for one third in terms of uh, their capacity, whereas before it had been one half. Uh, schools, obviously a big one. Uh, grade, 12, uh, grade 7 through 12 students in Alberta will officially go to online learning for the entire month of December before returning on January 11th. And the winter break will begin for the younger kids on December 18th, also running to January 11th. Uh, the concept there being that because teenagers are more likely to contract and spread the virus, that during this very difficult time, when we are seeing that exponential growth, you want to have anyone who's who's probably more prone to being a spreader isolating. And so those are the big ones there. A lot of focus was made on the mask bylaw that came in yesterday at the provincial level, which focused uh, specifically on Edmonton and surrounding communities and Calgary and surrounding communities. But the trick with that is those rules were basically already on the books. So hmm. Alberta, all, all, Alberta ultimately remains the only province without a provincial mask bylaw. I didn't hear a lot in that long description about uh, businesses and, you know, <laughs> restaurants and bars. Um, that's been one mm -hmm. of the huge issues here in Ontario. And, you know, to me, and I think probably to a lot of listeners, that's what defines like a quote unquote lockdown, right? Are you actually going to shut down the economy? And we narrowed things a little bit further again. Back in spring here in Alberta, we, we shut down the restaurants point blank. This time around, it's been uh, ebbing a little bit closer to that, but we quite haven't reached that threshold. Yesterday, uh, basically, capacity remained the same. Uh, the only difference this time around is that they now say when you go to a restaurant, you cannot go with friends. You have to go specifically with those who are in your cohort. And as of right now, a cohort can't be more than two other people. So that's where we're at. And, and certainly that has been a criticism of the government here is that, you know, they haven't shut down restaurants. So you can dine indoors uh, in, in Edmonton and Calgary? You can still dine indoors in uh, across Alberta at this juncture, just in a small group and specifically within your cohort. And whoever else is at the next table is at the next table. 
Exactly. Although, again, the the concept being that they 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 say the tables are six feet apart, that right. uh, hands are being washed, and you know the staff is wearing the masks. So there's no way that the uh, that the COVID is going to turn into an aerosol and magically float over six feet. Okay. Um, here's my question then: um, As you're out reporting or or out on the streets. Um, what is the mood like? Are people uh, going to use indoor dining? Are they still crowding into stores to shop? Um, you know, there, there's a part of this remains like what's open. And the other part is, are people actually doing it or are they too scared and hunkering down? Well, just to, to clarify, everything is open. So restaurants, for the most part, still remain open, except for a few that have decided to close on their own accord. Uh, stores, malls, those are definitely still open. And uh, we even have gyms. Uh, open at this juncture. And I think a lot of it depends on where you are in terms of how you're perceiving things. I, I certainly know that uh, there is uh, more fear, I think, in, in Edmonton this time around than if you flash back to you know, March and April. And well, we didn't know a lot about this, but now that we've had you know 10 months to, to kind of analyze this and, and we're seeing the spread, we're seeing more Albertans die as a result of this, and more young Albertans. We had three under 40 die last week. I, I think fear is the word that, that, that people are using. That's the, the, the feeling that's kind of creeping under their skin. And I think that is, is largely why the government decided yesterday to take the additional measures that they did. Um, you mentioned that the opposition has said uh, that it's too little, too late. Um, and, you know, whether or not you agree with that, that's kind of uh, a to be expected. But when you talk to uh, epidemiologists, like you mentioned earlier, uh, what do they think of the new restrictions? Again, I think the sense there is that this is fine. But the problem seems to be that you can have all the, the measures in the world, all the restrictions in the world. But until you reach a point where there's uptake at, you know, that 98, 99% percentile, then you're still going to have instances where, you know, families are gathering in large numbers for a holiday and you see a super spreader event. And that's what the epidemiologists have in terms of the criticism of what we've seen here in Alberta is that they, the province hasn't cut back enough of those potential transmission environments. Whether or not there has been transmission at restaurants, again, we don't know because so many of the cases are unknown. But even if, even if you believe the province's assertion that restaurants are not a hotspot, the fact remains that they, they could still conceivably be in the eyes of the epidemiologists. And so I think as long as you know we've got more rooms and, and more places for people to congregate, then you know the risk of Albertans, once again, not following up on personal responsibility. That remains the, uh, the big, uh, big issue here. That's a phrase that I've heard a lot from people I know or follow in Alberta is personal responsibility and that these things will only work if everyone buys in. Is it just not happening at the same level it might be happening elsewhere? I do not want to uh, mischaracterize uh, my Albertan friends, but there is a like <laughs> uh, a, a kind of cowboy spirit uh, out West that might lead people to, you know, take matters into their own hands. Again, if I'm if I'm mischaracterizing it, please tell me. No, and you know what? I, I think there certainly is that sort of libertarian streak to uh, a lot of folks. That's a good here. way to put it. Yeah, here in Alberta, and and so I mean, I think our premier 
uh, arguably might be the, the most prominent of those individuals. He's gone out of his way time and time and time again to, as you say, reference personal responsibility because he doesn't want to be seen as someone who, who's going against what would be considered his, his key core values, which is freedom. And so, you know, yesterday he apologized for implementing these restrictions because, you know, he, he knew, he acknowledged that that's going against what he's saying. But yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, the fact is that we do have folks here that, uh, you know, look at this as an infringement of their rights and rights and freedom are, are just yeah, basically the, the motto of our existence here in Alberta. And that contrasted with the fact that there's a certain shall we say, distance in terms of our appreciation for the, the, the federal government uh, touting many of those, uh, th- right. those things, touting masks, touting personal responsibility and, 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 and whatnot, discussing, you know, being, being lockdowns and, and, and all these things. I think that the discord that exists between us and Ottawa certainly hasn't helped either. So what comes next? Um, did Kenny give uh, any idea that further restrictions will be coming if cases uh, don't go down? And you know, speaking of ignoring regulations to gather, what about Christmas? Well, December 15th is uh, the date that Albertans have circled on their calendar. That's three weeks from yesterday. And that is when uh, we're going to have a better sense as to whether or not these new restrictions have had any impact. Um, you know, you go back two weeks ago, there were some lighter restrictions put into place. And the hope was that we would see uh, some impact not necessarily uh you know a flattening of the curve but to, to to see the curve just slightly arc downward and we did not see that so this time around the restrictions are in place for three weeks december 15th at which point uh, we'll know if the replication value the r value has changed uh, right now it's 1.3 in edmonton 1.1 in calgary the premier says he'd like to see it at 0.8 on december 15th if we don't get there then he said uh, quite quite point, pointedly yesterday that the, the risk that we run is that there will be even stricter regulations. And as you mentioned, this is coming at a time when we're right on the precipice of the holiday season heading into Christmas. And so he didn't want to use the word lockdown. He went out of his way to avoid using the word lockdown when asked whether or not that is a possibility if we don't rein this in by December 15th. But he basically all but said that is a possibility. Well, I hope uh, I hope the restrictions work. I hope you guys can stay safe and uh, we will check back in with you again, maybe closer to Christmas. Get it under control out there. Yes, absolutely. I am, I'm upping my personal responsibility to 120%. Perfect. Now we just need everybody else to do that. Thank you so much, Courtney. Thank you very much, Lucille. Courtney Terrio of City News in Edmonton. That was The Big Story. For more from us, head to thebigstorypodcast.ca. Find us on Twitter at TheBigStoryFPN. Talk to us by email, TheBigStoryPodcast, all one word, all lowercase, at rci.rogers.com. And of course, we are wherever you get your podcasts. Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, does not matter one bit. Leave us a rating, leave us a review. Thanks for listening. I'm Jordan Heath-Rawlings. We'll talk tomorrow.